You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Jerry Brewer, a sports columnist here at The Post. The sports world has been rocked by the recent traumatic injury sustained by Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin. Here to talk about player safety is Super Bowl champion Harry Carson, a pro and college football Hall of Famer. Harry, welcome to Washington Post Live. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm wonderful. Let's get started. I, I want to start with the latest on DeMar Hamlin's recovery from cardiac arrest. He's able to breathe and speak on his own. On Sunday, while the Bills were playing the New England Patriots, he said on Instagram, there's nothing I want more than to be running out that tunnel with my brothers. What are your thoughts on his recovery? Doctors are calling it fairly remarkable. Well, I think it's miraculous that um, within a span of a week, you go from one emotion to another. Uh, as bad as it sort of appeared last uh, Monday night, I think not just football, but I think the country as a whole has been following this scenario, this, this uh, situation, and everybody's been rooting for uh, this young man to come out on the right end. And um, a lot of prayers have been answered because he has come through this. He is better. Um, and I, I think, you know, last Monday night, um, I think everybody was fearing the worst. So it is a highlight for everybody. Everybody, I, Everybody has like a different kind of demeanor now in that we all went through this whole situation as um, as fans and just as human beings, just pulling for this guy. And uh, now we're hopefully on the other side and prayers have been answered. You know, Harry, I, I'll never forget the humanity of your Hall of Fame speech in Canton and how much you devoted that essentially as a plea to player safety. Uh, as a former player, how did you feel seeing that play? Um, I, I felt like uh, just like anybody else, you know, you, you, you're, you, you see the hit and then you see what's happening in terms of paramedics and you know it's serious. And your heart drops, and you don't want that to happen to someone um, playing football. Football is supposed to be fun. Yeah, you have injuries here and there, but not to the extent of catastrophic injuries, whereby you know lives come into uh, come into play. And so, um, you know, I last Monday night. When I found out he was in the condition in which he was he was in, actually, my son uh, called me. My son is a doctor, and uh, he called me, and he said, "Are you watching what's on television?" And I said, "No," because I was just walk I'm walking my dog, and he said, "This this guy just got killed," and I'm, I'm like, "What? This guy just got killed?" He said, "The way that he was hit." it was kind of a perfect storm for uh, a heart attack. And um, 
he brought it to my attention. I was watching it, and I was just up and watching the news feeds. One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock. I was waiting to see something uh, on television, and I saw where it said he was critical in critical condition, and at least I knew he was not. He had not expired. And that was the worst case scenario. If they had said, you know, he he passed away, I, I think that would have been a tremendous blow for everyone. But to see what transpired, uh, the paramedics uh, jumping into doing what they needed to do, getting him to the hospital, and um, to be able to get a pulse, not just once, but twice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy as a former football player because you don't want any player to not walk off the field. Um, when you look at all of the players around the league, uh, just in, from football in general, we always pray, not necessarily for a win, but we always pray that the guys who are on the field are able to walk off the field the same way that they walked on the field. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's strange that a week has passed. You know, in, in some ways, Harry, it feels like it was two days ago. In mm -hmm. some ways, it feels like it was a month ago that this happened. But it, you said on, on, on CNN last week, you didn't think Hamlin should play professional football again. I'm just wondering, as this news has changed over the past week, has your opinion changed at all on that? Oh, no, not at all. I, I, I think that when you sustain an injury like this, um, it's not for me to say, but I think many doctors probably will say that he probably should not continue to play uh, pro football. I would be surprised if they said, you know, yeah, come back and play. If, if anything, he probably will do something, and, and this is just me speaking, um, with no, any, no, no um, understanding of what might happen um, down the road, but I think that what he just went through was catastrophic, and um, hopefully he'll be able to come back and live a normal life. Uh, I just don't necessarily think that that normal life will be on the football field. I would be surprised and happy if. It, if, if it was on the football field, just for his sake, to not have to give up the game. But I just have a feeling that he probably uh, will not be able to play football moving forward. Harry, let's, let's talk about uh, the league's process and, and suspending the game and, and how it reacted and, and whether it has any culpability. Did mm -hmm. the league do anything wrong in that situation? I don't think the league did anything wrong because uh, everything that was happening was happening in real time. I don't think they um, prepare, you know, they prepare in terms of getting medical staff and, you know, paramedics and ambulances uh, in the right place. Um, but I think no one expected this to happen. And it was probably their worst case scenario that you have a player who, um, you know, it was a 
just a, a simple tackle. And he's down and they're applying, you know, CPR on him. Um, and you don't really know what to do in, in that situation. But um, as it turns out, you know, the right decisions were made. And um, we're feeling so much better now than we felt um, last Monday night. All right, let's let's take a step back and let's talk about uh, football and player safety in general. You, you hear all the time as the league changes changes the rules to try to make the game safer. Uh, you might hear complaints from quote diehard fans about how soft the game has gotten. Quarterbacks are too protected. Uh, all of these things. Uh, as a as a former player, as a linebacker, a player who had to play with force. What do you say to just the general conversation as we try to shift the game and, and, and make it a little safer for players? Well, I think mechanisms have been put in place to try to make the game safer. Um, there's but so much that you can do within the sport of football to make the game safer. Yeah, you can, you know, penalties and hitting the quarterback too late or something like that, um, you have a core group of individuals who through the years have seen um, very aggressive football, uh, guys hitting each other, um, and they love to see that kind of play. You know, as some people would say in, in the past, they like to see snot bubbles when a player gets hit and you know that's the way some people like their football whereas you really have to think hard and long about trying to make the game safer to the extent that it's taking away from the aggressiveness of players uh, on the field because you know those guys who are on the field they have to make a fraction of a second uh, decisions as to what they're doing on football field and whether it's going to affect um, the opposing player. If if you hesitate, uh, if that hesitation, and that hes hesitation, again, might be a fraction of a second, but when you hesitate, that's deadly because the, the, the speed that so many uh, skilled players have right now, uh, they already gone for a touchdown when you're making kind of a determination as to what you're going to do, you know, in terms of hitting a guy and bringing him down and so forth. So uh, there's but so much that can be done to make the game safer, in my opinion. Harry, you do not want your grandson to play the game. What, what do parents, the average fans, the media, what do we misunderstand about the severity of the injured injuries that are suffered playing this contact sport? Well, on the surface, you know, you see the players that are in their uniforms, they're out there, they're having fun. And so many um, young people see it and that's what they want to do. And I, I, I don't blame them. I, I was sort of the same way. But once I got into it, and believe me, I, I sustained a concussion on my first day of practice in the ninth grade. 
okay? And I didn't know what a concussion was. I thought a concussion was, you know, you're all sprawled out on the field and, you know, you can't move or whatever. I, I was in drills and I got hit and I saw stars. And I didn't realize until I was much older that me seeing stars or me and you know, everything sort of fading to black, that's a concussion. And if you get enough concussions, um, you know, you're going to be shown the door because, um, it, well, back then, it was something that was normal. You know, they had ammonia capsules and uh, at the disposal of, you know, for, for players. But now, if you show that you've been concussed in some way, uh, it really is an opportunity for teams to get rid of you because when, once you sustain a concussion, it's sort of like you being uh, damaged goods. And so, um, you know, so much more attention has been um, been placed around traumatic brain injury and so forth. And, and it's definitely real because there are a lot of guys who um, I played high school ball with never made it to college, but they're having neurological issues. They're guys who I played college ball with, they never made it to the NFL, but they're having neurological issues. And there are guys who I played with and against in the NFL, and they're having neurological issues. So, you know, this is one of those things that is definitely real. Um, I, I feel that Having gone through it myself um, and having been sort of trained to be a teacher, because I did get my college degree and I got a degree in education, I, I, I learned how to listen to my body and also pay attention to what was going on around me. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of guys who are having. Uh, serious neurological issues now, whether they're going to come out and admit it, that's a different story. But there are a lot of guys who played football in the past who um, have had uh, neurological issues um, from, you know, it's from one thing to another, whether it's memory loss or whether it's uh, making decisions or, um, you know, migraine headaches and uh, abnormal behavior, uh, you you name it. You know, when you, whenever I see um, someone, especially an athlete, has been involved in some kind of of um, legal issue. I like not too far from where I live. There was a gentleman, there was a guy who, um, and I know I'm going long. Uh, there was a guy who. Um, threw his kids off a bridge. He killed his wife. He threw his kids off the bridge. And I had to wonder to myself, did this guy play football? Because this kind of behavior is not normal. And as it turned out, he had been a football player. And I don't know if that was the way that he, you know, maybe a concussion or, or some kind of traumatic brain injury manifested itself in regards to his issue. Also, if you go back and you look I think it was about two years ago, there was an NFL player who um, shot in South Carolina, who shot um, 
a, a family. And, and this kid went to South Carolina State, my alma mater. And that's the thing that kind of jumped out at me that he played football. He played football in college, but he also played in the NFL. And he started to exhibit these abnormal behavior traits. And his father even admitted that uh, he was having issues and nobody wanted to help him. And so, you know, these things jump out at me when I think about the issue of traumatic brain injury because um, that is such a broad uh, thing that it's not just football players, it's athletes in other contact sports. Uh, it's guys who go into the military and they've been subjected to bomb blasts. Uh, there are all kinds of issues that uh, that come into play when you are uh, dealing with traumatic brain injury. Those are sobering thoughts indeed, Harry. Let's let's personalize it just a little bit. I want to ask one more question along those lines. Uh, Post concussion syndrome—that's something that you've known, you've been dealing with for more than thirty years. How yeah. does it? you physically and mentally even today? Well, I, I know we're short on time, but let me just share this with you. Um, when I was like after my fourth or fifth year in the league, uh, I had depression and I didn't know why I was depressed. I was a football player and had a car and nice home and all of that stuff. And uh, I contemplated uh, driving my car off Tappan Zee Bridge for whatever reason. And I didn't, couldn't really understand what that was, but that sort of left me because I had a baby daughter at the time. And the, the reality of what my responsibilities were kind of came into play. And I said, if anything happened to me, what would happen to my daughter? And so I, you know, that kind of went by the, by the wayside. As time went by, I could feel bouts of depression come and go. And I admitted to, you know, the trainer that I was depressed about different things, even after a win. You know, I was depressed about different things. I couldn't figure out exactly why. So I eventually left football. And two years after I left football, I went in for my yearly physical. And um, uh, my doctor uh, gave me the results of the yearly physical. He said, everything is fine. Are you having any other problems? And I said, no, everything is good. I was just trying to get out of this office, you know, because I didn't want to spend any more time there. And he said, are you sure? And I said, well, I've been having sensitivity, sensitivity to bright lights and loud noise and you know, just having all of these neurological issues. And so he referred me to a specialist. I went to him I went through two days of testing and the results came back that um, I was dealing with a mild post-concussion syndrome. And because it had been uh, two years since I had hit anyone or somebody had hit me, it was deemed to be permanent in nature. So I thank that doctor for coming up with this diagnosis because, you know, literally I okay. thought I was going crazy. And so um, I kept that to myself 
for uh, several years. And then I realized that there are other players and former players dealing with the same issue. And I started talking about this issue of traumatic brain injury. And, and when I started talking about it, it got a little traction. But the best thing for me was I knew it wasn't just me. It was something that I was diagnosed with, and I had to learn how to manage it. And so uh, that is exactly what the doctor said. He said, You'll you, you can live with it. You just have to learn how to deal with it. And so when I go into a restaurant and I'm sitting in a restaurant with my wife and there's a lot of unfiltered noise and she's my strongest um, guardian in that she'll ask me, do you want to move to another area of the restaurant? And it might be yes or no, but you know, she understands that I'm going through something with this unfiltered noise or if I'm going somewhere and there's a lot of flash photography. You know, that bothers me. But I've learned how to manage it. Even watching television, I can't lay in bed and watch TV. I have to sit up and look directly at the television because there are triggers that uh, sometimes that I I hit that might bring on a migraine headache. And so I've listened to my own body and I've talked to so many other guys who are dealing with the same issue, but as I said, they're not necessarily willing to talk about it. And um, so I've, I've tried to be an advocate and speak out on this issue because it is definitely real. Um, when I talk about my grandson, I made that decision because I know what I went through and I did not want that to happen to my sons or my grandson. And so, um, you know, it's sort of old now, but he's, when he was two, that's when I kind of laid down the rule, the, the, laid down the gauntlet. No, he's not playing. But now he's, he's 13 and he's playing non-contact sports. And I'm happy about it. I don't push this on anybody else. You know, people can do whatever they want to do with their kids, but um, you know, I, and I know I'm going along, but let me just share this with you. When I left football, you had like two years to file a grievance if you had an injury. And I waited until like the very last day to file a grievance with the NFL with injuries that I had sustained uh, playing football. And I remember when we were going over the papers and everything, they gave a, a value to different parts of the body, whether it's the knee and the ankle, you know, there is a value uh, with each of those parts of your body, back, neck, shoulder. Um, but there was no price put on the brain. And that's the thing that hits me, that, you know, people want their kids to play football, but what price do, will they put on their child's brains? You can, you can have um, all kinds of injuries that will 
go with you for the rest of your life. But if you hit your head one time the wrong way and you sustain a traumatic brain injury, you don't know how that's going to manifest itself as you move forward. And so I did not want that to be the future of my grandson. No, I don't want him to play. Harry, I am deeply moved by by your story and so many stories like it. I mean, out here I'm in Los Angeles about to cover the, the college national title game tonight, and I'll be on to the wild card round with the NFL next week. But uh, I'm constantly reflecting and thinking about uh, these 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 concepts um, in a heartfelt manner. I don't feel that other people who love football like I do think about that as constantly as I do. So my question is, are we desensitized and why? And how does that make you feel as, as someone who uh, was a great vanguard of the game? I think um, what happened last week desensitized uh, football. I think fathers will continue to want their kids, their sons to play. The market that comes into play now is the mothers of those young kids who, you know, before you you know that, you know, he might sprain, little Johnny might sprain his ankle or hurt his knee or something like that. But to see that your child could actually die as a result of a tackle or uh, being hit or hitting someone, uh, that's a real possibility. And I, I think every parent should be concerned and um, understand um, exactly what they are um, allowing their kids to do. And I'm not anti-football, I'm not. I know that people are going to do whatever they want to do. And I say, God bless you. I've made a decision in my household as to the direction in which my family is going to go. You know, some of my nephews, they have kids and they allow their kids to play. But my grandson, no, that ain't going to happen. Um, I would like for... Um, the Surgeon General or whoever is in charge of you know, just having some kind of, of warning before kids even take the field that in playing football, you could damage your brain with a concussion. But now you also have to include playing football, you could possibly die. And so I don't want people to say, well, you know, you know this, it, it, it won't happen to me. It, it could very much happen to almost anyone. And so do you want to take that risk? If you want to risk, risk your child's brain, then, then fine. So be it. But uh, it's one of those things that I took away from football, that I live my life in a, in a pretty normal fashion. You would not know that, you know, 32 years ago, I was diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome. 
but I was. And I speak to a lot of people now who are dealing with uh, traumatic brain injury and post-concussion syndrome and uh, a lot of guys who uh, played the game. There are guys who I played with and and played against. And some of these guys have committed suicide. And I ask myself, if I say something uh, regarding my own situation, will they be able to glean anything from what I say and not commit suicide or do anything rash? Um, so, you know, the things that are happening in, in, in regards to uh, football and injuries and so forth, you can't make the game safer than, than what it is. Uh, otherwise, it's oh, going to become uh, an entirely different game. Harry, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you for such a wonderful yet sobering conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Harry Carson. All right, Jerry. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.